guys, you're hearing a rendition of David Duck, which is one of our favorite episodes this week, because guess what? We're on vacation. We leave in town, bitch. Well, Danielle is, I'm not. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, But, you know, we'll <laughs> see you guys next week. Same bad time. Same, Same bad, bad channel. channel. Bye. Bye. This is the Straight From The Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Straight from the Net podcast. I'm Danielle, and my partner in crime is. What up? It's Jamie. Woo-hoo. Hey, girls, guys. Hey. It is Super Bowl Sunday. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and it's also 0202 2020. Day. It is. I and mean, all these stupid ass people are like, it won't happen again for 900 years. And our fact checker was like, fuck you, 10 years. 10 years, people. It's not that hard. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Like, get it together. Why? Nine, and everybody is sharing it like crazy. 900 right. years. Like, and look at us. We are so grateful to be alive during this time of the palindrome. And Jay has just had it with everybody's shit. Jay's he like, has. Jay's like, look. Look at here, you people. You I have no nuts. tolerance for dumb people that believe everything they see on the radio, <laughs> on the internet. So here's the thing. Do the math. It's every 10 years. Dumbasses. He goes, he was like, fact checker on duty. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> we didn't even ask him to fact check that shit yesterday. He was like, He said uh, he just couldn't help himself. He's he was, so used to it now. He really takes his like non-paid intern type job very seriously. Right. So if you guys <laughs> happen to have seen us yesterday on um, the Simply Swerve podcast, it's a sports cop podcast. It's, he knows his shit, man. He, oh yeah, he's, he's very into it. And so were his friends. They were really good. They were. And they were very mm-hmm. professional. And I was watching. Until we showed up. Until we showed up, but I was watching them, and it reminded me of, like, the way they were sitting and the way things were set up. It reminded me of when I watched the football game, and they had that little halftime show with the little, like, commentators in their little room with their desks. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, that's Uh when it was, it sounded, and they were all so articulated, and it it was just really good stuff, and I was like, wow, you know, they could really do something with this. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and you gotta do a big shout-out to Matthew Kennedy. Um, He is... Fucking amazing. Oh, my God, the man behind all the plans. I mean, he did such an amazing job with getting everything set up, and I was like, wow, you're like a creative little evil genius. He was like, I know. I know, and (laughs) when, when I saw him... I immediately trusted him because I, I I have this band of boys in my life that are all geeks. Like, uh-huh. they're all comic book nerds. Right. And he's wearing his Flash hat and his flat t-shirt. And he had the tin... Did you see the Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtle... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle backpack with the hard half shell? No. And it strapped and it had a belt at the front? No. Oh, my God. He pulled out a fucking Ninja Turtle backpack and I instantly was like... You're like, this. my people. I was like, this is the guy I want to trust with my career. I know. Well, I mean, his story is so interesting in the way that he, he talked about it. He was like, you know, I actually was like a bouncer and somebody else was doing something and I saw He was a bouncer at Kildare's Yeah, and then we sort of just, you know, came along together and all these things happened. And I was like, you know what? And I, I kind of was explaining to you in the car on the way home yesterday. I was like, some people, like, when, where they start from, they just already have so much genius within them to start from that place. And it was neat that he, like, took something and immediately knew what to do with it and made something out of nothing. And it's like, now he's got all these podcasters that use him, and he does it right out of his house, and he puts he's your in, podcast he's everywhere. He's invested, and I, I really like 
the way he went about things and the way yeah. he spoke to us. Like very professional yet funny. Like he thought we were a hoot. He was like, Thank God, here's the comedy part of the podcast because they were very serious up until they that. they were um, There were some pieces where they were like getting teary eyed over yeah, Kobe. Well, which Kobe, I mean of course, yeah. We we found out about that, um I found out about that after leaving here last Sunday about Kobe passing. I heard it on the radio and we are very sad and all the families that suffered a loss in that horrific um horrific tragedy Mm -hmm. we we send our prayers up um we hope our respect mad mad amount of respect and prayers and love and just trying to surround all these people trying to get through this nightmare i can't even imagine like it's I don't even want to fathom it and go too far with that because it's going to like put me further in therapy. I think. Right. We have, but what we have these 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 grown men like Paco loves basketball and mm-hmm. obviously you know Marv and his friends mm-hmm. and we have these old men that grew up with this man watching him from the time he was seventeen until right. the time he retired and when he passed it was very very sad mm-hmm. and these grown men are are grieving mm-hmm. and there are people out there like i hate people who cry over people they don't know no they did know them they yeah. did know him he he was out there you know they stuck through him through god awful allegations which people were bringing up on social oh, media and yeah, i'm like that. this is not they the just, time like, for that like you just couldn't help yourself like um mm-hmm. walt disney's granddaughter or something um gotten a bunch of backlash because she was like oh well he was charged with this first of all let's break it down he was never charged he was accused he was accused Mm -hmm. she never testified against him in court so they dropped the charges Mm -hmm. turns out that it was absolutely consensual and the only thing he did wrong was cheat on his wife Mm -hmm. which i mean i'm not condoning him for that but that's all he did wrong Mm -hmm. and they settled out of court she she did um she did file a civil suit and he just, if he needed to give her some shut the fuck up money to save his marriage, then he, she got some shut the shut fuck, the fuck up, up money. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, and but we're not, we're not really in that to say like what really truly happened. I mean, you just don't really know what truly happened. And that's not me saying, you know, don't believe the accusers and right. all those things, but you, you don't really know. And there was a lot of shady ass things that happened with them. But this is also a woman who just lost her husband, who lost her daughter. You know what I mean? Right. And then all those other people. Look at the one. Like, almost the, an entire family got snuffed out. Right. And then the, the other coach, the female coach, she left. And now this poor man is is alone with three babies. Right. I mean, I mean the kids. youngest one, I think, is like one and a half, maybe two. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, and then there were some other people that were like, oh, you know, why don't you grieve that hard for our soldiers? And I'm like, you know what? There is room for people to grieve over quite a lot. Right. You know what I mean? It's like one doesn't have to equate to the other. You know what I mean? Like sometimes apples aren't apples. Sometimes it's an apple and a fucking orange. Right. You know what like, I mean? Like it don't, you can save your Don't. Your, I that. just hate how people are like, oh, well, quit discounting other people's feelings. No, these these people that are surrounding the stable center who mm-hmm. are like doing this are grieving because they fell in love with this person who right. is an icon and he's. You know, there's people who play beer pong and you have two types of people. You have a person who yells, Jordan, when they make the cup, and you have that person that yells, Kobe. Right. And then you have me, and I can't make a fucking free, free throw to save my ass, so I'm like, Shaq! But, I know. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. But the thing is, I don't, I, I, social media really started to piss me off, and I, I, I really had to stop unfollowing people who were like, 
so adamant about, oh, well, you're not grieving for these. Yes, we are. We all know that those people died too. I know, and it's just so sad. I mean, the whole thing of it was just, oh my God, so many people's lives were just gone that day. He was a year younger than us. And he, the poor man, you know why he relied on helicopters? Because they were a quicker way of transportation so he could leave the game, get on a helicopter, and get home to his girls. I know, I did. I actually did read that. I'm like, I don't It just was so sad. And, and those guys, like, yeah, they're all lined up and they're telling their stories and they're like having to pat each other on the back and everything. Oh, it was my God, funny. it was tears and I'm like trying to hold back because I hate it when grown men cry. Like, I, when grown men right. cry, I want to cry. Yeah, because, oh, I know. Because they, and they were, they were strong men last yesterday. Mm-hmm. They were very, like, oh, I'm a man. And then, you know, they're crying over this man. And I think that, you know, I think that it's it's healthy to grieve. And I think that... You know, if you're not a huge Kobe fan and you don't care, you know, if you're like, oh, he said that's sad, but you have somebody on your Facebook that is really torn up about it, mm-hmm. let them be. Let them be. Scroll, let them be. Like, what does it matter to you? Scroll past it. I know. Because you can't. don't know. people just can't. They're just You don't hateful. know how that person affected his life. Mm-hmm. I so. know. So then, I mean, so they're crying and they're getting through their thing or whatever, and then they bring us on. Oh god! And uh, then the comedy, and, and comedy then part the of whole the, dynamic the, changed. It did well, and okay. So simply swerve is his name is actually Marv, and he's so freaking funny. And if you watch the um, the playback of the watch party, it's on our Facebook page right now. It is so freaking funny because he starts talking about why do these old white women like me and blah no, blah blah. What he said was why do older white men, women love fat black men? Yeah, and you were like, "Wait, no, one is not like the other. That's me. You're talking about me." And like it was just the funniest thing. And like, then he was like, "Okay, I was eating my um my he frozen, can't even yogurt eat his frozen yogurt in peace." That- in peace without this woman staring at me as I'm eating. And oh my God. He was like licking her lips and he went. <laughs> and I was like, I thought we weren't going to talk about that, Marv. I thought you and I put that behind us. Like, so we were laughing. And then he was like, I'm driving down the road. He was in And Market I pull up at a stop sign. And these older women were like just staring at me. And I felt like really. Staring at me aggressively. Aggressively. So I had to roll my windows up and lock the doors. I'm like, oh my God. I just thought that was great so if you guys get a chance you have to check it out and if you really really love sports and you need to dig on deep into that definitely check out simply swerves podcast he's actually on youtube and uh-huh he's and, all over the place and matt has a um opinionated a black man uh it's called opinionated black opinionated black okay and his friends call him black it's not because he's black okay um and he has guests on and they just talk about things and he, they, he shares his opinion and um, I'm going to check that out when we get home. I didn't get a chance to last night because I was so drunk when I got home. I just, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to take off my pants and call it a night. So. <laughs> yeah, because we ended up day drinking. So it was supposed to start at one. And then the poor girl that was supposed to open up the, the bar that we were going to to do the live broadcast didn't make out of bed in time because it was her birthday, I guess, the night before. The night before. So she was like knackered and was like, oh, this is She was bed. straightening her hair at the bar. Oh, well, she like, was so down funny. And she had the, the straightener out and she was out in the back like, and I was like, is she really flat ironing her hair right at the bar? And she totally was. So she she gets us in and it takes quite a bit. So we, they didn't just like actually start the podcast until around three-ish. Right, when we and were then, supposed to be done by three. Yeah, we were supposed to be done by three. So by now, like, we've already had a margarita. Right. I've, I've already had, two had shots like, of fireball i've probably had four beers by then because i'm like this is just what we're doing now we're just drinking we're just day drinking How everybody is so nice that we make conversation with everybody mm-hmm. um we met uh great people we met christian, we met christian. he was so yeah. fun 
Um, yeah, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed seeing what other people do compared to what we do. I know, and Matt did say that, um, well, I, we were, I was talking to him a little bit afterwards, and you kind of came up to him, and we're like, oh, we got to talk to him about seeing what we can do. Right, and, and I love their, mi- I loved his microphones. Yeah, I love, like, the little setups that he had, and I, right. you know what, th- I really enjoyed that he had, like, cameras. Yeah, and, and he like, worked. cameras with, would move back and forth. Here's the thing about that, and, and I, I'm still, I still want to do, like, the whole, you know, Matt Kennedy setup. Right. I had some real body issues this morning seeing myself on camera. Like, why? I thought I looked like a fucking busted can of biscuits. You, oh my god, <laughs> you did not. I did. I had such body issues this morning. I was like, why do I look so bad? This. Well, I was like, oh, there's my double chin. I didn't know that I so, still had that. <laughs> so Matt, you know, when we start this up with you, I'm gonna need you to find an angle for me. That um, we're gonna have to slim me down, Matt. And if anybody can do it, you can. I believe in you. Slim me down. I believe in you, Matt. I do. They're just such good people, though. Yesterday was a really, really fun time. It was such a fun time. And you know what? I'm kind of wondering. I'm like, well, was it extra fun because we were drunk? Because I think I was pretty drunk. I'm like looking and talking to Christian, this guy. Because I met a boy, and just you know, meet a boy. So you're like talking it's to him. So cute. I am loaded out of my mind having this conversation with this guy. He's probably like, oh my god. Oh, I thought Christian was adorable. I, it was weird because at first I thought he was a little creeper because he waited for us. <laughs> we went down to the Mexican restaurant and everybody left, and Danielle was with me waiting for me to get my check so I could pay for my quesadilla, and this guy waited, and I was like, why is he waiting? And then he was like, can I get a cigarette? And I was like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be weird. And then I realized <laughs> after I got to know him that the reason he waited for us is because he's a fucking gentleman. Oh, yeah, he was really <laughs> And funny. he just didn't want us to walk down but to the bar by ourselves. So he was kind of like there to walk with us, which was very sweet of him. Mm-hmm. And then we got to talking to him and he has like, he was so funny. He I really, you two, it. like, really were bantering. It was it, so it funny. It did. We hit it off amazingly. Uh-huh. Like, I was like, this is my new best friend. Yeah. No offense. I love you. I know. But this is my new boy best friend. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jay's like, fuck you, whore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was fun. It was, like, a really, really good time. I'm so glad that we got to do that. I mean, we're, we'll look at us venturing out, day drinking, and, like, coming in on other people's podcasts. It's like right. I'm telling you, 2020 debut. is the year for adventure, people. I think so, but I, it seems like there's just a lot of alcohol happening. You know, my body doesn't like it anymore. Yeah, mine either. Mine does not like, like do it anymore. My heart's right like now? racing at night. We're definitely not doing a video after this. Like, no, we can't like, do a video after this. I look like a hot, freaking hot mess. I said to Paco, I had on my sleep pants, and I was like, I'm just going to wear my this. My sleep pants. I did. I was like, I'm just going to wear this out. And he was like, okay, babe. And I know he was thinking, we don't do that. <laughs> but he's like, I'm not going to say nothing. Not right. So I looked down, and I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I was like, I can't wear these out. And he was like, okay. And he, I was like, I'm going to put on real pants. And then I put these on. And you put leggings like, on. I put leggings on. He was like. <laughs> that is real pants. He was like, are those real pants? Yes. Yes, they are, sir. Oh, my Don't God. Don't judge me. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm not going to bitch because today Papa was like, babe, I'm thinking we're sweatpants today. And that never happens. Like, he wears sweatpants around the house. But to leave the house in sweatpants is very rare for him. I found them. They were nice and folded. I was like, here you go, boo. Be comfy because I'm comfy. You know what I love when, um, what was it? December came around or November? I can't remember what it was. 
But these memes started going around. About gray sweatpants? About gray sweatpants and dudes not wearing underwear on under them. And oh, they're yeah. like, um, excuse me, my eyes are up here. Like talking yeah. about, and they're like, um, what did they say? Well, one was like, get a set of these, which was condoms, because your boy's going to wear this, and you don't want to have this in nine months, and it was a baby. <laughs> right? And it was just so funny. I guess it's like... Our version of, like, if men were to wear lingerie, it's the gray sweatpants. Right. You can see their pee-pee through. Get gray sweatpants are um, not forgiving in that area. They, I know. They, I was, like, They show all the I'm goods. Like... They show all the goods. And it's, like, it's got to be certain type of sweatpants. Like, if you're, like, like, Paco's sweatpants are huge. Like, he wears them big. It's got, they've got lots of pockets, like, cargo. Like, there's no. How do you have, how does he got a cargo, cargo they have, sweatpants? They have, like, pockets and things. They're really, really? They're really neat. Oh, my goodness. But Paco, when he, his gray sweatpants are not, like, there for comfort. Right. But if you walk out in the cold weather and you see guys in gray sweatpants, uh-huh. 90% of the time, they're a little tighter fitting. Like, they buy them shits on purpose. Well, and I think, too, some of the sweatpants that aren't, like, super, they're, like, a sort of sweatpant material. Right. But they're very thin. Right. They're not supposed to be worn in winter. They're, like, a springtime sweatpant. Yeah. And, like, you can really see it then. But it's so funny because I never thought of it like that. Yeah. So I was trying to, like, think back to, like, guys that I dated in the past. And I'm like, I don't really remember that. But now that I think about it, I'm like, huh. Yeah. That is kind of fucking hot. So that's, like, I guess... Our version of, like, lingerie for dudes. And My friend Dewana, who I used to work with, used to say, like, when when she put on leggings, mm-hmm. her boyfriend would be like, Why, where are you going dressed like a slut? And if he oh! would try to wear... Oh my God. If he was trying to wear gray sweatpants out the house, she'd be like, where are you going dressed as a slut? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. That is so funny. Oh, my God. Um. Oh, shoot. I just hit the microphone by accident. I'm so, so sorry. It's always my phone. Always. I know your phone is always doing a little something, something, isn't right? It? And I have the notifications turned down. So what? What was? What even was that? I don't know, but I guess we should like dig in. Oh yeah, because you know. Oh my God, all these things are coming up now about like because it's Valentine's Day, and I'm like bagging the fuck up about it. Like all these different things are coming up. Like if you're single. Oh. And, like, getting in Valentine's Day. I'm like, oh, my God. This is a mess. Oh, so, real quick. Wish is no joke. Like, and if people don't know what Wish is, you got to go find out what Wish is. Don't wish download is it awful. on your phone, though. Because here's what happens when you download it on your phone. You get things like double-headed dildos and nipple clips. <laughs> Shop now. It's awful. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, Wish used to always be, like, weird things. Like, I don't even know what some of it is. Like, teeth. Like, like, yeah, like random teeth, teeth or, I, I don't know, sometimes, and then all of a sudden you'll have, like, leggings, and you're like, okay, so it went from teeth to leggings. All of a sudden now, though, I'm getting this dirty-ass shit, and I don't know if it's because it says single on my profile or I what. Get, I get dirty shit from Wish, too. Wish is an asshole. So, the last time I got something from Wish, it came up as sponsored, and I remember I put it on Facebook, and it was, like, penis lipsticks. Uh-huh, I have one and of those. Do you have penis lipsticks? Here, it gave it to me. Okay. And it was, um... Anal desensitizer, I guess, so you could have anal sex. And I'm like, but it was all like, here's this penis lipstick and here's this anal desensitizer. Like, and it's mint flavored. And I'm like, okay, well, what's happening? <laughs> like, you're going to desensitize my asshole, but it's going to taste like mint. I'm not sure what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, this is it's getting like really freaky here, Wish. It's like my asshole smells to Newport. Yeah. <laughs> my asshole smells 
whole smoking Newport. So, and I remember, so I put it on Facebook because I'm like, what the actual shit is this? And it was like, okay, well, you're single and it's time that you get a man. So put on this penis lipstick and desensitize your asshole. We're going shopping for men. <laughs> We're going. And I'm like, calm down, witch. Like, I'm watching Judge Judy. Like, I'm not in the. I said what I said. Like, I know. <laughs> so I got funny. I got a double headed dildo and nipple clips. And I'm not gonna lie, the nip clip seemed like a good time. Like, <laughs> like I was like, I don't know if I hate those. And they were twelve ninety nine, and I was like, hmm, maybe. Well, <laughs> now the most recent thing I got last night. So I'm laying in bed. It's like eleven o'clock. All right, I'm coming off my drunk buzz finally, and it's deep throat. So oh, now it wants it, to it desensitize my throat too. So my ass is desensitized. My throat's desensitized. <laughs> oh, and if you scroll over. There's like a little thing for like wart removal. So if you get genital warts, oh it'll just God. take that off. And I'm like, well, I guess it's like, you know, it comes full circle. <laughs> At this point, it's like after you've like, you know, deep throated a penis and after you put one in your asshole, use this genital wart remover because you're going to need it. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is happening, Wish? So, um, <laughs> also in honor of Valentine's Day, I have a little oh romance God. story. A bromance? A romance story. Oh, a romance. Yes. Okay. Um, this is from m.ranker.com. Okay. And it's the psychology behind serial killer admirers. Oh, that's our segue yes. into this. <laughs> For Valentine's Day about serial killers. Yes. It's, called okay. ba- it's by Bailey Benningfield. And it says, marrying a serial, serial killer um, seems like a baffling thing to do, but there are specific psychological mechanisms that drive people to enter these relationships. Um, with incarcerated slayers. Okay. Whether it comes from a place of low self-esteem, a desire to exert power by enti- enticing change with a person, or an attraction to dominance, serial killer admirers have complicated reasons for dating people behind bars. Many of these individuals have been mistreated throughout their lives, and the mm-hmm. fact that their parent, their partner is confined, be- confined behind bars um, offers a layer of protection. Some want to share the media fame that surround the the capture criminal right. and others truly believe in the person's innocence so um like who's a what's up it's called bonnie and clyde syndrome by the way oh wow it's like an actual real thing yeah so uh who's a what's up what's her name so there's one that married richard ramirez um what was her name ruby something um, Sheila Eisenberg, the author and journalist who wrote Women Who Love to Kill, Women Who Love Men Who Kill, believes mm-hmm. the main motivation to these who enter romantic relationships with famous offenders is a love of the spotlight. These slayers garner attention and their admirers know that being associated with them, they'll, they'll actually share in the fame. Mm-hmm. Um, Eisenberg goes as far as to discount any general... Um, genuine carnal motivation. So most of the time, they're not even turned on by these guys. They're just like, ooh. Um, Really? Yeah. I can be famous. And although she believes it subconsciously, um, they want to be noticed. They want to be important, like we all do. So they have a picture of Richard Marira's and this lady who married him in prison. Oh, wow. And I can't remember her name. It's somewhere in this article, but it's a long article. Right. Um... They also say that outlaws often target vulnerable people. It's telling telling that may, that many admirers far for actual slayers because of the lack of confidence they have in everyday life. Um, they have trouble finding a romantic partner because of their insecurity. Others avoid entering relationships that could turn physical. Dating or marrying someone behind bars makes it significantly more difficult to consummate a relationship. 
What? Yes. I said they're... What? Oh, wait, wait. All right, so back up. So they're getting into this relationship because it's difficult to consummate it? Right, because they... they um. They may have been, like, sexually abused or something like that. So if they're married to a man behind bars, they have the... They're married and they have a life, I guess, In their eyes. In their eyes, but they don't have to physically... Touch them or be penetrated by them right. or whatever in that way. Right. To be um, sexual. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. That's not something I would have ever thought about. And then the lady um, that married Ted Bundy, she absolutely believed he was innocent like she did not want to believe that you know he was he did those crimes like she was all about him she was in Mm -hmm. love with him and she they paid a guard and they humped in the break room and the visitation room whatever it is and she got pregnant and she had um she had a child but she didn't believe he was innocent carol ann boone was her name it says, Carol Ann Boone met Ted Bundy when they worked in Washington State Department of Emergency Services together. They began the relationship when she testified for him during his trial because she felt like Bundy was being unfairly treated. Um, Boone believed he couldn't have been responsible for the charges, which, would, which he was on trial for. Boone and Bundy had a child together. It wasn't until after his conviction that Boone realized Bundy was guilty and she ended their relationship because, you know, she had a baby to think of. Like, here's my kid. I just... You know, he's a serial killer. So that's what it says. It says that, you know, there's just reasons behind it. Rosalie Martinez was married to an attorney whom she had four children left. She left her husband for prisoner Oscar Ray Boylan. What? Who was convicted for assaulting and killing three women. Martinez claimed that she felt Boylan's isolation and unhappiness. She said she felt Boylan's isolation and unhappiness and she could relate to it. She believed he didn't commit the acts which she, he was convicted of and that by marrying him, she was raising awareness for that she, for what she thinks was an unjust incarceration. What? Yeah. So Bonnie and Clyde Syndrome. It's called Bonnie and Clyde Syndrome. It's got a, um, a full-on scientific name. It's called... Hybristophilia? How do do you say that? Hybristophilia. That's how it's said, people. You were good. You had it. You were sounding it out. You were doing it. But it's also known as Bonnie and Clyde syndrome, and um, that's why these women, because we were were curious as to why these people were... um, I did. I said that. I'm like, why? Like, and not in a sad, and not in like a I'm better than you way. I was like genuinely like, what goes on in a woman's mind right. that like, says who, this is a good idea? Who's that guy that we, he that all the women were writing him in prison? He was that awful guy that killed that us. Chris guy. Yeah, Chris something. Yeah, the um, Watts. Chris. Chris Watts. Watts. And we were like, who the fuck does that? These people. Well, he's a good looking dude. Right. Right. And Richard he Ramirez looks... was very handsome. So was um, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Oh, well, according to some people, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chris Richard, Watts is definitely those, very cute. Look at that jawline. Like back in the day, that was yeah. hot shit. Mm-hmm. He's gone now, isn't he? Or we don't know. It's uh, Richard he... Ramirez, I do believe the Night Stalker is dead. Um, then we have Charles Manson, who's now dead. And there was bitches trying to marry him, left him right. Oh. And then somebody was executed. So, And then there was a guy who fell in love with um, Eileen Warnos. 
Oh God, the one who the woman, the the first serial, the first woman serial woman. killer. Um, so she was very pretty. That was not how she looked at not the end. The, she looked the, a hot fucking mess. You saw Charlize Theron in that damn movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was but, Charlize Theron, was it? Yes. Okay. I'm like, but yeah, she looked a hot um, fucking mess at the end. There's a, like a whole article about it. Like I said, it's on mriker.com, and you should go ahead and give it a good read. And you're like gonna be like, what the shit? But it but answers, it's really interesting. It answers some questions. I'm glad that you found that. Um, well, well, speaking of bad dudes. That's how we're going to segue into this mother flipper right now. <laughs> um, on, I guess this was WMTV15, which is, I guess, NBC15.com. This is wild. All right. So, it says, Green Bay woman rescued after being held captive in Dominican Republic for months. Just held captive? Held captive. So, apparently, she met a dude online, which is another reason I don't want to go on dating sites to find my next whoever. <laughs> Because she was fucking great. What's happening? All right. She goes online, finds this guy, goes out there, realizes she's going to stay like a couple weeks like to right. be with this guy. She goes out there and he imprisons her. What? Yeah, for months. So she finally gets away. Uh, well, she gets away one time and she's trying to like frantically ask them for help and they don't know what the hell's wrong with her. So they she ends up getting stuck back with the guy. Right? So she's like trying to get help and they can't understand her and send her back. So I'm like, oh shit. So this time she ends up making it out and she makes it to like this little store. Mm -hmm. And she's finally able to say to them, I've been kidnapped. You need to help me. And they finally understand. And somehow they're able to dial, like, I guess she tried to dial 911 when they were there, but it didn't work or she got nothing. And like, it talks about that in here where she says, like, I tried, it was either busy or it was just dead air, nothing. So says the woman who made the call is believed to be safe. Thanks to her fast thinking, finding a way to call dispatchers thousands of miles away in Green Bay. She called the non-emergency line to the Brown County Dispatch Center. So that's how she finally got a hold of somebody, saying she'd been held captive in the Dominican Republic for months but managed to escape and needed help fast. This is just... Her frantic international call sets dispatchers and police in Green Bay on a mission to find her before her abductor gets to her first. It's not a typical call we get, but we're trained to take those calls, says Ertl, who's the woman who answers the phone, who admits the call at first sounded like a hoax or something out of a movie. She said that she was in the Dominican Republic and that she was being held against her will, describes Ertl. The young woman tells a call taker she is from the east side of Green Bay, but met a man online and flew to the Dominican Republic Republic to meet him in October, planning to stay a few weeks. Instead, she says she's been held captive since. Green Bay police say she had not been reported missing, which is kind of weird. Like nobody. Right, that, I was thinking nobody <clears throat> was curious. Yeah, like where the hell did she go? Like did nobody, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. There's more into this story, and I don't know. She wants her privacy or whatever. I don't know. Um, Green Bay police said she had not been reported missing, and Ertl says the woman describes the place where she was being kept as a house with chains on it. She tells dispatchers her abductor. Abductor. Oh my gosh, that was my my thing. I'm sorry. She tells the dispatchers her abductor took her passport and phone. Let me turn this down. My, my fucking printer's out in a minute. Um, but he took her passport and phone, and she tried to escape before, but says police there misunderstood her and didn't help her. She also tells them she tried calling 911 in that country, but only get a busy signal or silence. But Sunday, the woman sees an opportunity and runs to a market somewhere in a village near Santo Domingo, convincing someone there to help her. Using a device with an app to access Wi-Fi... She has the smarts to dial the non-emergency number, and they tell you what the number is, that patches her into Browns County Dispatch Center. Ertl says it takes only minutes for the original call taker and Ertl herself to know the situation is real and they are dangerous. 
She was ready for us with, this is who I am. This is where I live. I'm being held against my will. This is my circumstance, and I don't have much time because I ran here, and he could come back at any time. I'm like, that is scary as shit. Yeah, she, and, I mean, you're in the Dominican Republic, but how far out is she? Like, she can't see a resort because that would be the first place I would go. I would just hide until I found a resort. I don't know. I mean, that's what's, it's like, I want to know more because this is all you got. And I'm like, this sounds like such a freaking, like, lifetime movie that I really want to know what it is. So, like, I could watch the movie. Some fucked up shit has been going on in the Dominican Republic. I know. I think that's why the story made it to where it did. Right? People dying from drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. Women getting attacked. I know. Says the communication supervisor immediately brings in Green Bay police and together they try to get the woman to describe her surroundings. But she's in a place she can't name with no address and her voice is distorted by the overseas call. It's a pink building. This is the color of the lettering. This is what the roof looks like. We were zooming right into Google Earth. They threw on Google Earth trying to find this woman. How freaking cool is that? And trying to see at least in general where she was, says Ertl. By, but time is working against them. My worst fear was that we would be on an open line, that I would have a call taker on that open line along with me, and we would hear her being taken again. That would be awful. Knowing she had to get help moving in, in the Dominican, Ertl does something she's never done in her 27 years working dispatch. I'm not sure I've ever had to call a U.S. Embassy before, but we jumped right to the U.S. Embassy, and because I knew they'd have the power and author- authority to bring in those secondary resources. Um, she added only that she thought about the embassy because of work her son had told her about while he was in the Marines, which paid off. For three and a half hours, the search continues. They all try to stay calm. I told her at the end, we're coming for you. We're coming to get you. Help is coming. We're going to get you out of there. Um, she said, recounting the tense moment. Shortly after 7 p.m. Central Time, officials in the Dominican locate her. Said, I cried. We have a Green Bay citizen that's safe, says Ertl. Last night, we got a win. And the uh, U.S. Embassy came and got her the hell out of there. Nice. I know. So apparently the woman reached out to Action 2 News on Wednesday and said she's safe. She's okay. Um, she's in the process of returning to the United States. And she just asked, like, you know, respect my privacy and try not to judge me because this was some fucked up shit I went through. Right. And I'm still trying to figure out how the hell I got myself here. Um, but she was very thankful to everybody that had rescued her. That's amazing. Wasn't it? I'm like, I was reading it like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Again, oh my not God. all heroes wear capes. Some of them um, just... Take phone calls for dispatch. <laughs> They're not an emergency number. Uh-huh. Um, so, speaking of um, people who save people, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay. Lego created an anti-Lego slipper to end 66 years of horrible pain. <laughs> so now... I love this so much. Now, Danielle, Danielle used to talk about stepping on Legos <laughs> all the time. Oh, God, Because yeah. Jonathan was obsessed with Legos when yeah. he was younger. Mm-hmm. And it says, few forms of sadistic torture in this world are more excruciating, excruciatingly painful than having to walk across the field mm-hmm. of Lego bricks left on the ground by careless children or a short-sighted adult. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, there is now a way to protect you from these domestic landmines. The famous building blocks working together with French advertising agency uh, Brand Station has invented an anti-Lego slipper. It only took them 66 years to. Oh my God, only. Right. The slippers, which feature tons of padding, will be produced in a limited run of 1,500 and will be distributed randomly to people who fill out the Christmas wish list on Lego's toys. Oh, this must be from right before Christmas. It right. It didn't really give me a... Um, this is from BoardPanda.com, by the way. Okay. Um, who fill out Christmas wish lists on Lego Toys' French website. This is the perfect way to make those lucky parents' Christmas dreams come true and alleviate the excruciating pain of stepping on a Lego. (laughs) 
And they're like <sighs> so flimsy looking too. Like, like they don't even look like like they be. Oh, they're so stupid. They're like foamy. Yeah, but they're gonna they're like foam. But this bitch is stepping all over some Legos. <laughs> <laughs> she sure is. She's like, look at me stepping all over these Legos. That's great. Oh my god, but it kind of looks stupid. It looks like the most ghetto ass like right, Adidas like, flip flop. It looks ever. like when Five Minute Crafts makes their um. <laughs> It does. They're uh, hot glue guy. Yes, it does. Uh-huh, it does. <laughs> well, they're like, oh, look, these slippers broke. And instead of just using the hot glue gun to reattach the plastic to the to the slipper, they're like, let's make a whole slipper out of, <laughs> out hot, of foam. Glue, hot glue gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, we... <laughs> so, of course, now I've been talking about how I'm just like, you know, being in the single life, which I hate, by the way. Like, I, I absolutely fucking hate being in a single life. Which you wouldn't think because I've been single more than I was ever in a relationship, right? So you would think I would be like, oh, I'm home. I, I know where this is. I don't is. even know I'm what fine. I would do if I were single. Like, I'd be a hoe. I don't know. I, I'd be, be a, a hoe. hoe. No, I definitely can't be a hoe. Like, I'm definitely not one of those. It's so I funny, would... too, because yesterday in the podcast, I, you were like, oh, she's making a love connection. I'm like, well, we don't want things to get dusty. But the funny thing is, like, I make those jokes, Right. But I'm, like, the most uptight, prudish person really when it comes are. to that. You know what I mean? You really I'm like, are. oh, no. Like, I, I can't be just, like, you know, passing the pooey I'm, around. I'm not. I think if I were single, I would definitely, like, those girls on Tinder that are, like, <laughs> I just need to like, like, I just need to eat. Like, that's. <laughs> you would not. That would be me. I just need to eat. Like. Well, a long time ago, you were making a joke about, like, I think it was even before you you and Ron broke up, actually. And you were making a joke, like, if I'm ever going to be single again, it's just going to be, like, a passport and everybody's going to be oh, able to stamp no, it. I- <laughs> You're like, we're going to go around the world and it's, like, a passport. Everybody's going to be able to stamp this passport, baby. Like, and we were just cracking up. I'm like, you are so full of shitterson right now. You would never do that. No, I think I, I was like, I don't know. I, what did I say? I forget how it went, but yeah. Like, it was like that. I'm going to go around the world and everybody's going to get a turn to stamp this passport or something. It was the funniest <laughs> shit ever. I was dying laughing. I said, oh, I said I was going on tour and everybody's going right. to stamp my passport. That's right. I'm going on tour. That's what it was. So, I mean, I, so this persona is like, you know, we can't let things get dusty. Somebody's got to be around to like, you know, whatever. But no, it'll probably be dusty for a long time. <laughs> Actually, at this point, like, unless I'm like with someone, I don't think I'm letting anybody dust anything. So we'll see. But so we made that joke yesterday, but the funny thing is, it's like now, now it's like all the dating sites are like harassing me. You know what I mean? All the time. I just ignore them now. So eventually it'll just move on to something else sponsored. But the funniest shit popped up and it was on BBC News. And I was like, talk about a double edged motherfucking standard this motherfucker got. So single man, Mark Roth hires a, or hires a billboard in bid to find love. So he takes out an entire billboard and it says, single? Date Mark. This could be the sign you've been waiting for. Visit datingmark.co.uk. How funny is that shit? So apparently here's this this Mark guy. He's hilarious, by the way. Because once you start reading the article, you're like, who the hell is this guy? And you figure he's got to have a really good sense of humor to do something like to begin with. So you start reading it and he's like, I got fed up with the modern dating app game. So he decided he was going to pay 425 pounds for the huge sign advertising himself on a busy road in Manchester. He's 30 years old. He's from Sheffield and thought it would be help or hopeful to like, you know, prompt like the perfect woman to swipe right into his life. Oh my God. I know, right? Party. So he said, 
So he says, I've had more than 100 people get in touch. Unfortunately, half are men, but I'm still very flattered. <laughs> he said he has been single for a year. Said he um, bought the three miller, millimeter high by, or six meter high by six meter wide billboard to stand out from the crowd. Said, like, any good idea, it started off in the pub, he explained. I was talking to my mate. Am I talking to my mate? That's so cute. Saying how I was struggling in all these dating apps, and I joked that I should put my face on a big billboard. We laughed about it, but then it actually thought, then I actually thought it was a really good fucking idea. Um, I can't really tell. He's got, like, sunglasses on and stuff. I can't really tell what he looks like. Uh, He seems like he might be cute. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's probably got one of those really great personalities. So you're like, okay, what the fuck's wrong with you then? Because you're right. hilarious. You know, you're putting up these things. He could like, be one of those guys that look really good in sunglasses, and then they take the sunglasses off, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Hey, look, there's women who want to fuck serial killers and marry serial killers. How come this guy can't get somebody? Like, I, you know, that's not right. I shouldn't be saying those things. That's not nice. Because then people could say that about me. Like, well, you seem pretty great. You're beautiful and kind of got it together. Why can't you find one? I don't fucking know at this point. All right, so I don't fucking know. Um, so he, the billboard, which is on Fairfield Street, features a picture of Mark lounging on his side and points potential suitors in the direction of his website. <laughs> its slogan being, one man, one billboard, one mission. <laughs> his website features a biography where he describes himself as extremely handsome and modest. That's what's so funny about it, right? Like... <laughs> And invites applications from anyone interested in going on a date. In the facts and stats section, he states he is six foot tall. That is in... <laughs> is, is, I don't know why you would do that. That his index figure <laughs> measures 6.82 centimeters and he has kissed more than three girls. More than three? Oh, shit. He better go get that genital wart remover off of which. <laughs> Just never know. Better be careful out there, Mr. Roth. You should fill out the application just to see if we get any hints. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> like, just to see if he's like, hey. Oh, my God. And we can put him on speakerphone and be like, hey, Matt, we just did this, so you call our podcast. <laughs> well, first of all, his name's Mark. Mark. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, he works in marketing. He said he was surprised at the amount of people who had uh, gotten in touch and planned on replying to everyone. He said, some people might think I'm mad paying $425, but if I find love, then it's fairly cheap. I tried to make it funny, so hopefully I don't come across as a desperate loser. He did make it really funny. This is my problem, though, with it. Before I was in my past relationship, people would, like, I'd, okay, you go to family events, and they'd be like, so are you seeing anyone? You'd be like, no, not yet. I just haven't found my person yet. Well, you know, when you stop looking for it, it's going to just fall right in your lap. See, we grew up in two very different dynamics, because my family... Never, even when I was single, like, are you seeing anybody? Oh my god, all the time. No, my family doesn't give a fuck. My family's no. like, are you drinking? No, my poor, my poor <laughs> grandmom and my poor grandparents live in Florida. If you are um, drinking, can you get me one? I know, can you get one while you're out there? Um, while you're at the bar, can you bring me, like, two shots and, like, four more drinks? Um, no, like, my poor grandma and my grandfather, I've always made this joke. Because they're just like, we just want to make sure you're going to be okay. And I'm like... I make a buttload of money at my own fucking house. I have two kids that are very well taken care of. And I'm probably getting ready to get a new car. You know what I mean? But I guess that's not all of it. But I think I'm a very kind person. Yeah. You know I mean, I've had friends for a very, very long time. I can be kind of an asshole sometimes. But I think I'm pretty generous and, and empathetic and all those things. So I think I'm a pretty good person. But unless I have a penis that's going to help me cross the street, apparently to them, I'm just unfulfilled. But they're from a different generation. Tell me you're lesbian. 
oh my god, my grandma wouldn't care. She'd probably want to hear all about it. And then I'd be fucked because I got shit to tell her. I got shit to tell her. But, I mean, it happens all the time. So it was like before I got my past relationship, you know, going down to my aunt's house, like family would be there. And they would always ask, like, so are you seeing anybody? How's it going? And they'd always say, when you stop looking, it's going to come to you. Or, you know, just when you, like, whatever, it's going to show up in your life. expect it. Yeah, like when you least expect. And I'm like, hold on a minute. You ask me if I'm seeing anyone. I didn't come out and tell you I'm so sad I don't have anybody, right? Right. And so now you're giving me back these bullshit-ass fucking cliches that I did not need to ask for. And I made a video about it a while back because I was like, what do you think I do with my time? Like, I work mostly seven days a week. I have kids and I have friends. What is it that you think I'm doing with all of my time? So I'm like, what am I like, you know, whistling around? Hey, boys. Hey, boys. Is anybody single? Because I'm single. Look over here. You know they what I mean? these visions of you in sweatpants with your hair on top of your head, like binging bowls of potato chips. I know, right? Yeah, with like, you know, like double fisting potato chips and like, you know, ice cream or whatever because I'm so sad. But it's so fucked up. So imagine everybody thinks this guy's so cute, right? Over there, they're so cute. It's such a double standard. Because if I was to go and put my shit on a fucking billboard, oh my God, the claws would come out. Every woman in America would fucking hate me. Why is she so desperate? And why is she so fucking desperate, right? I'm like, I can't even be like, well, you know, I've just haven't met anybody yet. People and throw, there are people without people throw three shame water, water bottles across at you because they quit being you know so thirsty. Or like, you know, they probably crawl up there and like give me a mustache and take out one of my teeth. You yeah, know what probably. I mean, or whatever. But Mark, national dating hero. Well, I hope that Mark gets as lucky as this duck, but not as lucky, I guess. That duck is a very unlucky duck. Tell us why, Jamie. Okay, so this is from <laughs> life.share.com, and it says, Sex-crazed duck's infected penis had to be removed after he tried to mate ten times a day. The Damn. pet bird was pres- prescribed antibiotics and painkillers, and Josh, 39, of Torquay, Torquay, Torquay Devon, was told to give him an intimate wash every day. Oh my God! Let me wash my duck pen, dick real quick. A, a pet owner. I peaked. I can't get any better than this. I'm washing this duck's dick. I peaked in life. Uh, I'm I, sorry. Go ahead. A pet owner from Torquay, Devon, was forced to have his duck's penis surgically removed after it tried to mate with its female companions. Up to 10 times a day. Oh, my God. Josh Watson, 39, the owner of the duck, said his, his duck Dave, his duck, the duck's Dave. name is Dave. His name is Dave. You know those other poor ducks are like, oh, here comes fucking Dave again. God damn this God duck. damn it, Dave. <laughs> oh, I got a headache. Dave's, Dave's, Dave's genitals were infected in October when he literally wouldn't stop trying to mate with the female ducks he had in his house. Because they Name, were duck hoes and she namely, had gonorrhea. Namely, these, <laughs> these specific ducks. Dora, Frida, and Edith. <laughs> Alright, so which one gave the duck the STD? <laughs> Dora, Frida, and Edith reported that Dave was then prescribed antibiotics and painkillers as Josh was told by vets to give him an intimate wash every day. <laughs> Unfortunately... That did next to nothing to slow down the Dave, slow down Dave's libido. It kept spiraling out of control. This made Josh take Dave to the exotic species department at Highcroft Veterinary Hospital in Bristol 
to come up with a solution to this problem. The experts at the hospital deemed the duck's conditions as extremely bizarre and declared that they had no other option but to remove the duck's penis. Oh! Which they did on Thursday. Poor Dane. Poor Dane! Just said the end of his penis. <laughs> the end of his penis had basically died, and it was pretty <gasps> horrific. Oh, my God. It, it looked weird. It was quite worrying. I mean, this guy, Josh, really loves Dave the Duck, man. You know what? Put him up on a billboard. I like Josh. This it guy started, sounds great. It started not going in, and we'd give him a bath to keep it clean, but then the tip just started going gangrenous. <gasps> Ooh. And, get, and getting infected, so that's when we had to take him to the vet. They gave him some antibiotics and told us to bathe it every day, and we pushed his willy in twice a day to make oh. sure it was going back in. <gasps> and it kept, <laughs> to keep it from going septic, but that obviously didn't work. They ref- they referred us up to the vet in Bristol, and they decided it was best to chop off his willy. <gasps> I think he got out, <laughs> I think he's he's got about a centimeter left, so it's not unusable. It's not usable, I'm afraid. He hasn't actually mixed back in with the females yet, so I don't know if he's tried to to have a go or not. I don't know whether he would do it. I don't know whether if he would he could or not. Oh, so now he's transgender. Poor dog. No. Well, he, well, which one gave him the STD? Oh, they God, they're showing pictures of his little. Oh, I don't want to see his little winky. Look at his little winky with the, like the thing hanging off the top of it. Oh, God, it is gangrene. It's gangrene. But the poor duck, I mean, it's not necessarily, it goes in and out like a dog's. So it's not necessarily due from an STD from one of the chickens. It's due from the exposure from the air and dried it out and got infected, and now they had to cut it no, off. No, but I just think it's funny. He was, like, screwing the same three bitches, and all of a sudden his dick right. got cut off. I, I, mean. bet, I, bet you, I bet you it was Edith. <laughs> just After like the surgery, the Josh expla- exclaimed how he, Dave, is doing fine now. He's quite resilient. He's quite resilient for a duck. The only downfall is that he is that he's lost his willy. I think he feels pretty Aww. upset about it. I think he's an infomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a high sex drive, basically. So I think that's what caused it. He tries to mate with the female companions a lot, every chance he can get. I'd say between five and ten times a day, maybe more. It's not even mating season at this point. <laughs> Over, He's just an overachiever. Right, over the mating season, he gets more of a drive to do it. Oh he my doesn't God. stop the, throughout the year. Over winter, he's meant to calm down. The ducks stop laying eggs, but he doesn't stop mating. He just carries on. I think his female companions do like him. They obviously like something about him. They obviously sometimes get fed up with him and wander off, he added. <laughs> According to... According to Josh, since they returned from the operation in Bristol, Dave has been separated from his peers to fully recover from surgery. Right. Josh, who is a dental <coughs> service engineer, me. said that he and his partners, four other three-year-old ducks, no longer lay as many eggs as they used to. Dave spends his time on the couple's big lawn and in an enclosure at the top of the garden at night. He does try, he does try at every available opportunity, but sometimes... He just gets turned down. One of them really doesn't like him, probably because of that. But the other two are quite receptive of Dave. Wow. Fucking Edith. <laughs> Vet Sonia Miles, who operated on Dave, said some overuse and him being too far armorous, amorous, <laughs> amorous, were the reasons his penis ended up prolapsing before he injured it and it became infected. If they hadn't removed his penis of the infection, it could have spread elsewhere in his body and he could have died. Aww. So now Dave is penisless, 
but he's still trying to mate with the other three Well, not chickens. yet, because he said they haven't, they haven't right. put him back in there yet. They're waiting but to see if he But he seems will. to be in good spirits. Well, yeah, because, I mean, well, thank God, it's because Dave's a duck. I mean, can you imagine if it was a dude? He'd be like, I only have one centimeter of penis left. Somebody it's better not, do something. It's the duck, though. So, the duck is fine. Not right now, but that's hilarious. He's, he's like, trying. Really, he's, he's just banging the same three bitches. Right, and he's trying. It's like, he's going to try and air hump them with his non-existent <laughs> penis. That's what I'm kind of wondering. I wish there was a follow-up. This is my ghost penis. I know. Well, speaking of weird animals... So, Florida got really, really, really cold recently. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, one for the books. And they were, like, talking about, like, okay, iguanas are going to be falling out of the sky. You know what I mean? And right. they're going to, like, you know, have a moment. And it's going to look like they're dead, but they're not dead. So, in a bid to, like, read something weird and also have a Florida story for you. Yay, I do love the Florida, Florida story. I found one. And it's guy in Florida loads car with frozen iguanas. They warm up, come back to life, and cause a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to be nice. And this is on healthyholisticliving.com. So, winters in Florida may seem like a sunny time, but in fact, cold temperatures can bring unique hazards to the Sunshine State. Most notably, the last several years have seen the National Weather Service warning local residents of frozen iguanas falling from, from nearby trees during the winter season. For one man, this phenomenon led to an interesting incident and a strange reversal of fortune. When temperatures hit the 30s and 40s, which is crazy. Right. Like, those people start putting on jackets at 60 degrees down there. Yeah. It's, like, ridiculous. Odd things can occur in normally warm climates, including frozen iguanas falling from trees. Why? Cold weather can slow or completely immobilize iguanas, making them prone to slipping off tree branches where they typically reside. If cold enough for long enough, an iguana can die from exposure. No. However, many do live and only have their temperatures drop, breathing halted, and body function slowed by the cold. Therefore, falling iguanas are not dead, per se, Rather, temporarily stunned. They are naturally cold-blooded animals, after all. So, um, a few people have wondered what happens when frozen iguanas come back to life. An NPR radio program from 2018 covers this topic through the story of a Floridian man who saw frozen iguanas as a food source. Oh my Ew. god, this gets even worse. They're full cool of salmonella. Don't eat iguanas. Please. I didn't even read. I didn't even read this, so I didn't know it was going to take this turn. Oh shit! So he just like threw him in the car, thinking he was going to take him. I guess so. Yes, I didn't. I was like, oh wow, this took another twist. I just was not expecting. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So it says the gentleman from Key Biscayne saw numerous gray and cold iguanas on the side of the road. So they're gray and cold, and you're like, let me take it home and make a fucking stew. That looks delicious. I know, but I mean, <laughs> don't you think at that point it's like Dear dead diary. <laughs> So knowing, Dave is starving for hoo-ha. <laughs> knowing iguanas are a Central American delicacy, he stopped to collect them, believing they were dead. Free meat! Why not? Once the driver loaded up his car with frozen iguanas, anticipating a large barbecue, he drove off. God, this is gross. Of course, the heat in his vehicle was blasting and warmed up the iguanas. It seemed that all of a sudden, he had a whole pack of iguanas running around in his car, which tragically caused the man to crash. There is no report of how serious the accident was or how the man managed the iguanas after that, but many animals, our mammal experts agree the man should not have taken the animals out of their natural habitats. You think? You think. One, conserv- one conservationist told NPR Radio, best thing to do is let nature run its course. If they recover, they recover. If they do not, they do not. Okay. The dude thought they were dead. He wanted to eat them. That's gross. He wasn't trying to help them, and these people were like, well, let it take its course. He wasn't trying to help them. He wanted to fucking eat them. 
Like, now they're trying, you know what I mean? He wasn't like, oh, Peter on the side of the road, let me help these poor, like, dead iguanas. Yeah, see if I can and bring now, life. like, I was really excited about this story, thinking that guy was, like, a decent human being. I know. And now I'm like, those poor iguanas, and it serves you right. Well, it says iguanas are native to Florida and are primarily found in Central and South America. Instead, the lizards are generally considered a pest in Florida. Beyond the dangers of falling from trees, which can harm people and property, these invasives, they're invasive species. I never knew that, too. Oh, yeah. They'll, they're mean. They can damage foundations, seawalls, and sidewalks by burrowing, burrowing, burrowing shit beneath them and leaving lizard droppings around homes. Wow, that's crazy. So, up close, a live or recently fallen iguana can scratch or whip you with their tail, causing physical injury. That's so crazy. So, they just... That's just crazy. I didn't know that. He was like... Like the Beverly Hillbillies or whatever. It's like, ding, 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 ding. Pick up another iguana. La, 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 la. Yeah. So, speaking of um, old-timey TV shows, I oh, have God. one more I really that, set I, you right up for that, one, that I've I? been having. Okay. Um, so, a local man in, this is from the SeussFallsHeadliner.com. Mm-hmm. A local man, this is probably not real, by the way. Um, <laughs> it says, number one source for satirical Fall news. Right. All right, so it says, a local Sioux Falls man was arrested earlier Thursday after police found him parading people with loud music and (laughs) laughter after they slipped and fell on icy spots at (laughs) at the local Walmart parking lot. (laughs) It was something that needed to happen to make light of the gloomy weather we've had lately. I didn't know that people would get all pissed off about it, about (laughs) falling to such happy songs. (laughs) I read something online the other day about someone out there yelling cold weather puns. So I figured I would try my luck and get get on the news too," said the man. When police arrived at the scene, it looks <laughs> it looked as though the man had just finished up playing the song for a child who had recently slipped and fallen. We arrived on the scene to something very disturbing. After my partner and I slipped and fell on the ice, <laughs> we heard the Benny Hill song. You know, it, it tries dun 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 and funny right funny songs that plays when people are funny are in funny chases. Anyway, we got up and arrested the man after a small chase around the squad car with the song <gasps> still playing. No! Oh my God. <laughs> Meteorologists warned of these slippery, condition, slippery conditions, but like usual, no one listened. We told you this was coming, and <laughs> said one smug meteorologist that we spoke with. The police later released him after questioning him. Okay, so I wonder if I can find the Benny Hill song. Because I don't think our listeners were lucky enough to know even who. I don't even like. I know it in my head, but I'm like trying to do it, and I can't make it. Happen. I know I can't remember it, but I I used to watch it all the time with my father because my father loved Benny Hill. I think my dad did too. That and the Three Stooges and um, that damn the Cat and the Mouse, Tom and Jerry. My dad used to watch that when I was little. Yeah. Could you imagine people slipping to this on the yeah. ice and the cops chasing you around the cars? Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. That was amazing. It is. I I love the fake news stories because I feel like they put a lot of effort in because they have to make up this whole thing. Is that a is that a fake? It one? was fake. Oh, that was a fake one. Oh, also a reconciliation corner. Um, the Dick and the Clam was a fake story. I don't understand why we're telling them that. I don't care. Like, no, no, no. I if it's think, on the interwebs, it is free game. It is free game. But I think probably from now on we should probably mention that it's fake because um, Jay, our um, yeah, he was our, like, you all got fact snowed. checker, unpaid, um, he tried <laughs> to tell us about it. He was like, 
like, yeah, by the way, that never fucking happened. And I'm like, we kind of figured that out because no dude's going to be like, yo, dude, watch my junk in this clam, yo. I know. He gets so serious about it. He's like, oh, I'm so disappointed. How dare you guys not talk about that it's a fake one? You know, because frankly, it's hilarious. Kind of right. like the guy who thought he mated with a mermaid and yeah. his, he was all tore up in his ass. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I enjoy the faker news stories because they've, they've always got... First of all, they always got cusses in him. And second of all, <laughs> the creativity that goes into these stories, I, I think they're great authors. And I'm kudos to the people who write it's for like, this. Like, think of it like this. It's a short story. Right. It's a short story. Camouflage is a news story. Yeah, I know. I thought it was really funny. So Jay was like, yeah, can you like let people know? <laughs> Fine. Fine. Fine, Jay. We'll ruin the Gosh, surprise. Oh, you get your whole way. But um, Jay also, like, because I know we're going to get ready to sign off here soon, but... Uh, Marv on the Simply uh, Simply Swerve, he said, what is the phobia for being afraid of old white white women? women. And Jay actually was able to create a phobia. And it was kind of, what is it? It's not, did he, he didn't create it. Yeah, he did. Oh, he, are you sure? Yeah, he texted to me. He said, I just figured I'd put one together. So it was gynecophobia or something. And it was the funniest thing ever. So we're like, okay, we gotta let him know. He said he he created it, like he just made it up. Yeah. Uh-huh. He said it's geratogynophobia. Is the fear of old women. There you go. Fact checker on duty. And then after the bottom, he says, I don't know if it's a thing really. I just combined two phobias into one. Gynophobia, the fear of women, and geranophobia, the fear of old people. Oh. Smush them together and voila, gerontogynophobia. All right, Jay. How freaking funny is that? By next year, he'll be like, I just made a million dollars because they put my phobia in the Webster's Dictionary. Because the way he wrote it out, like... I know. He really did. He, like, actually did. He even, like... like Phonetically. He phonetically sounded it out for us and everything. So thank you so much. That's for me. He's like... He's like, let me help Jamie out because she's going to be like, what the hell does this say, Jay? Let me just put it phonetically because I know she likes it when I do that. When he said, jer on to guy no phobia phonetically spelled that out. Thank you so much. The fear of older white women. Because that's what he said. I remember getting, I had to roll my windows up and lock my doors. These white women were aggressively staring at me from the street. Whatever. scared of shit if you have any um stories about older white women (laughs) aggressively staring at you or accosting you give us a shout out at straight from the net at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook at straight from the net absolutely and as always we have our show on the wmld and you always get to hear that days earlier from our soundcloud uh, release and that is on wednesday nights at 10 and also saturday nights at 7 and we were very bad last night for not reminding people that it was on last night we did we did yeah. i didn't put anything up did you what are you talking about our show last night at seven o'clock oh no i didn't we- no we like totally forgot so we're like terrible but we want to thank you guys all for your support we love you guys so much and a nice big shout out to simply swerve and marv cotton cole thank you so much and, for having us on your show and matthew kennedy thank and, you again and matthew kennedy you were like just the evil genius behind them all and if you guys need any of those the contact information for him please reach out to us we'd be happy to give that to you Uh, I guess we'll see you guys again next week. Take us home. Okay, bye.